Hello and welcome to Research Roundup brought to you by the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4. I'm Christy Milley and each month we'll be looking at what's new in cancer in primary care research and I'll be talking to authors of recent publications and presentations. Today we're talking with Ruth Swan, who is from Cancer Research UK and Public Health England, about her paper that looked at the nature and impacts of GP-assessed avoidable delays in a population-based cohort of cancer patients. And apologies for the audio quality of this recording. Ruth has dialed in from the UK. Thank you for joining us, Ruth. Thank you for the opportunity. And a special thank you for staying up late to dial in from the UK as well. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> uh, so first question, can you just give us a little bit of background about the uh, National Cancer Diagnosis Audit because that's the data set that you use for this study, yes? That's correct. The National Cancer Diagnosis Audit, or the NCDA for short, is a collaborative project involving key organisations involved in cancer diagnosis from England, Scotland and Wales. And the NCDA is a primary care data collection on patients who were diagnosed with cancer in 2014. We already know that an earlier diagnosis of cancer can improve clinical outcomes, patient experience and quality of life. And we understand that the role of the primary care system is very valuable in early diagnosis. However, there currently isn't a national routinely collected primary care data set of cancer patients. And to address this gap and to further understand the diagnostic pathway for cancer patients, and also for GPs to reflect on their own individual practice, the NCDA was set up to collect data on relevant items from the point of presentation of symptoms right the way through the pathway up to cancer diagnosis and including avoidable delays to diagnosis, which is what our recent paper has been on. So to give you a bit more information about the audit, um, it was optional for practices to take part and about 5% of those in England did so. Um, the GPs entered primary care data on patients who were diagnosed with cancer whilst registered at their practice in 2014. These data were linked to routinely collected secondary care data held by the National Cancer Registry and therefore we could gain information on the cancer diagnosis itself, the patient's hospital activity, treatments and outcomes. Um, therefore, for each case in the audits, we could build up the whole length of the cancer pathway. And so in total, we collected just over 19,000 cases from all the different nations. And um, for the study that I'm going to talk about today, we've just focused on the English data due to the phased data collection, which includes records from just over 17,000 tumour records. So the NCDA is a great resource for GPs to understand what's happening within their own practice so they can make changes at a local level and also for researchers to use the data to address specific questions which could enhance the diagnostic pathway at a national level. That's wonderful to have such a valuable data set that, as you've said, you know, you can use for individual practitioners to reflect on what's happening in their own practice, but to do a population-based analysis as well and improve outcomes for people across the country. That's, I'm very jealous is what I am. <laughs> it is a great resource. Then talking about the study, you know, that you've recently published, what were you really hoping to learn from this data set and what was your primary outcome? For this study in particular, we focused on avoidable delays to diagnosis. And the reason why we wanted to look at this is because we know the adverse um, impact it can have on patient outcomes. And if we can understand which patients are experiencing avoidable delays, where in the pathway this is occurring and the reasons behind this, 
then we can find ways to improve the diagnostic pathway, which could ultimately lead to an earlier diagnosis and improved outcomes for patients. To give you a bit of context behind this, um, so you can understand the collection of the data on this particular item, there was a mandatory question in the audit which asked the GPs whether they thought there was a delay to a patient's diagnosis that could have been avoided. And then further questions were answered if the GP did think there was an avoidable delay. And if the GP thought the patient had experienced multiple avoidable delays to their diagnosis, then they gave information about the delay that they considered to have the greatest impact on the time to diagnosis. So going back to your question, the primary outcome for our study was to assess the impact of these avoidable delays on the time to diagnosis. And this was evaluated by looking at how long it takes patients to be diagnosed from the point that they present with symptoms. And we really did see that there was an impact on the time to diagnosis. So for patients where the GP didn't consider there was an avoidable delay, it took on average 30 days for these patients to be diagnosed. Whereas where the GP did think there was an avoidable delay to the patient's diagnosis, these patients were taking two months longer to be diagnosed. And to address the second part of your question on what we were hoping to learn, um, essentially we wanted to address an evidence gap. As we are currently aware of prolonged times to diagnosis for some patients, but there's a little evidence out there on how often these prolonged times to diagnosis are considered avoidable. And if so, what are the avoidable factors? So Ruth, what did you find were the most common avoidable delays? The GP gave us information on various aspects of the pathway and where the avoidable delays were occurring. And they most commonly reported them to have occurred within the investigation phase of the pathway. Um, We looked at many factors that we thought were, were relevant to avoidable delays. And I'll just go on to describe three main areas that we saw. The first was we saw that the number of comorbidities that the patient had prior to their cancer diagnosis was significantly associated with that patient having an avoidable delay. Secondly, we saw there was significant variation by the cancer type at diagnosis. So patients who were diagnosed with breast cancer, about 10% of these patients had an avoidable delay compared to a third of patients who were diagnosed with stomach cancer. And thirdly, the strongest association that we saw with avoidable delay was the type of referral. And in England, there are national guidelines which describe the criteria for an urgent referral for the suspicion of cancer. And these patients should be seen by a specialist within two weeks of referral by a GP. And patients who had this type of referral, about a fifth of those patients, were reported by the GP to have an avoidable delay whereas almost half of patients who had a routine non-urgent referral had an avoidable delay. So all of these results help us to understand which patients are experiencing these avoidable delays and which are the most common, so it can help us target these areas. Great. Ruth, how prominent were avoidable delays in primary care compared to other settings, and how much of an effect did having you know, that avoidable delay have on the primary care interval? The GPs reported um, that a half of all avoidable delays occurred within primary care. And to put this into context, they also reported about 40% occurred in secondary and tertiary care and about 10% in pre-consultation. And so we wanted to understand more about which patients are experiencing avoidable delays within these different settings. Um, And we saw 
variation by different factors, including cancer type again. Um, so we saw the patients diagnosed with breast endometrial or renal cancer. These particular patients were less likely to have an avoidable delay in the primary care setting, whereas the converse was true for patients who were diagnosed with multiple myeloma, whereas these patients had an increased risk of an avoidable delay in this setting. This might be due to the symptom signature of these cancer types. Um, typically, patients who are diagnosed with breast cancer, they present with a breast lump at the GP and have an urgent referral to secondary care um, without the need for investigation within the primary care system itself. Therefore, there is less opportunity for avoidable delays to occur within this setting. And we saw for these patients, there was a higher proportion of avoidable delays occurring pre-consultation. Whereas when we look at patients who are later diagnosed with multiple myeloma, um, this is a typically harder to diagnose cancer with more complex symptoms needing investigation. So this might contribute to more avoidable delays occurring within the primary care setting itself. And putting all of these results together, what do you feel is the take-home message from your analysis? What we have understood is how complex this is. The nature of avoidable delays is multifactorial. We have shown that avoidable delays occur at different points all along the diagnostic pathways and occur for different reasons in different patients. But our analysis has helped us to identify which patients are more likely to experience an avoidable delay to their diagnosis. And in particular, we have seen that avoidable delays most commonly occur in the investigation phase of the pathway. So this is an important source of delay and the analysis highlights that there is an issue here. However, this is not the case for everyone. It is a complex situation, and therefore we need to improve the diagnostic process as a whole as avoidable delays happen everywhere. Um, whilst the causes of diagnostic delays are multifactorial and occur in different health care settings and phases of the diagnostic process, their analysis can guide targeted quality improvement initiatives and the NCDA does enable GPs to reflect on their own practices to make changes at a local level. Ruth, so now that you have a better understanding of these avoidable delays and you've been talking about, you know, targeted initiatives, where do you think, you know, that next step might be moving forward? That's a very good question. <laughs> um. <laughs> and it, look, it's always a hard one. You've got all these results and it's, you know, what do you, re what do, you do next? So we have identified certain areas that are open to um, change um, to improve the situation and reduce the amount of avoidable delays. As I said earlier, we have seen that the most common source of avoidable delay is in within the investigation phase of the pathway. Um, generally, the information from the NCDA can help the GPs understand their own practice and make changes within their practice at a local level. So the initial NCDA was on patients diagnosed in 2014. There's also some guidelines, national guidelines that were produced in 2015 for the urgent referral for the suspicion of cancer. More information was included in these guidelines on different symptom signatures. So the first NCDA, the first NCDA um, provides data before these guidelines and can provide a baseline of information. We're also repeating the NCDA on patients diagnosed in 2018. So practices can have a more up-to-date look at what's happening within their own practice and also we can 
look more globally to see if there's any changes made since these guidelines were introduced in 2015. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time this evening and uh, congratulations again on this study. It's just a really interesting piece of work. Thank you too. Thanks for downloading Research Roundup produced by PC4. You can access the articles and other information in our show notes. Please let us know what you think about this episode by emailing us at info at pc4tg.com.au or keep in touch via Twitter where you'll find us at pc4tg and there's also our website which is pc4tg.com.au.